Welcome to the Phil Nason Show, brought to you by PlayUp Sportsbook. PlayUp welcomes all bettors and offers the best prices on the market. They are also proud to be an official betting partner of the New Jersey Devils. Check them out online or in the App Store and see for yourself why PlayUp is your best bet. You're listening to a pre-recorded edition of the Phil Nason Show. The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play, and please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. I'm excited to have you here. We'll be here for as long as it takes, and we are going to talk NBA basketball today. PlayUp Sportsbook presents the Phil Nason Show. Head on over to playup.com, sign up for an account, and find out why PlayUp is always your best bet. My best bet is talking NBA with my friend Trevor from Big Tasty Sports. What's up, dude? Hey, not too much. Excited to be back with you after a little bit of travel for me. So I, I had to miss talking to you and it was a bummer. So I'm happy to be back and talking some more NBA. Absolutely. You know what? I told you I'd fit you in somewhere and here we are. Early Friday morning and that's a beautiful thing. But uh, there's a lot of things we want to talk about today. The first thing, it seems like this has become even more of a topic, an issue, if you will. And that's following sports handicappers. On social media. Yeah. It's quite a topic, all right. It is. And, and I'm trying to figure out what all the rhubarb was about, but then I'm busy doing the podcasts and, and, and trying to hit winners. So I haven't spent a lot of time, but there's a lot of things going on out there. I wrote a little bit about this in a book that one of both sports betting books. And, and one of the things I tell people is that you have to take social media at face value or with a grain of salt, and work your way into it, and work your way into being involved with some of the people on social media. And sports betting Twitter is a very interesting place because you have a lot of folks out there who just, I don't know for a better term, but maybe misrepresent themselves a little bit. And then there are some who don't say anything who are probably legit. And what I thought we would do to start the show is talk about some of our experiences on social media, how to follow a handicapper correctly so that you don't wind up whining on Twitter that you follow the wrong guy and lost. So what have you learned about social media since you've been doing this thing of yours? Man, I've learned so much. And a lot of it I've learned the hard way. So I will talk about when I first started getting into capping and I, I wanted to learn from people. And of course I wanted to find people who were going to give me winners too, right? I mean, early on, I did a lot more blind tailing. <laughs> I, I don't really do any of that. Any, maybe a couple people, but I don't do much blind tailing anymore. But so I would go on Twitter and you see all these posts that look so enticing. And even at the beginning, just because someone won one bet, you know, that wasn't a big thing to me, but I would see these people who would post multiple days in a row, you know, five, six, seven days, and it was all positive. 
And I was naive, on, to be totally honest. Uh, I think I definitely can be too trusting, and Twitter's not a good place to be too trusting. Right, right, <laughs> uh, right, so, right. so that was problematic. But so I'd see them stringing together these wins, and I thought, man, this is somebody that I got to start following. And so I would start following them. And then there was one person early on where I started tailing their picks because I'm like, I mean, I, I don't know if I've seen them lose a bet yet. I started tailing their picks and I found out that they lost plenty. They just never posted when they lost. Right. And so it looked like if you just followed their Twitter, and this is one of the first things that I've learned is don't just go by Twitter. Um, but it looked like they were winning all the time and would in reality – I lost a couple weeks in a row thinking it was going to turn around until I finally realized what was going on and that they were being, uh, to me, that's being deceptive. Right. You know, either, either post your wins and your losses or post none of it, but don't just post your wins with a bunch of big check marks and money bags. Uh, so <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't follow anyone who does that anymore. Well, and that's great advice. Sometimes it's really difficult to follow these the picks that these folks make in entirety because you never really know. And boy, there's so many things I could say behind that, but the biggest red flag, if you see the term pro sports better in their bio, they probably aren't. That's the first red flag you're going to see when you look on Twitter, pro sports better. There are so many pro sports betters on Twitter. It's not even funny. And in real life, maybe 1% of all sports bettors are actually making money and making enough to afford their families and feed their families and take care of their lifestyle. So you have to always be leery of that. But outside of that, I mean, there are other little ways in telltale signs. Look at pictures they post. Um, a lot of times they'll have these lavish places in their, on their cover. But they're stock photos from hotels. I mean, I lived in hotels for most of my adult life, so I can spot a hotel lobby a mile away, and I've been in 84 countries in a lot of hotels. So, And, and one guy put up a picture in a hotel, a lobby of a hotel with a grand piano, the whole nine yards, right? Yeah. And I've been in that hotel. <laughs> so, And I'm like, wow, okay. So you have to be really careful. But the main thing, I guess... Thankfully, there are sites out there like BetStamp and uh, different sites like that. BetStamp is the one we use here. I know that you also yep, use it. I do. And it, it, that way you can't fudge anything because once you make the pick and once that game starts, you can't do anything other than accept the win or the loss. Yep. And BetStamp is great because it, I mean, there's so we, that could be another conversation. There's so much you can do with it. But you're right. You you have to be able to verify that what people are tracking is legitimate. And BetStamp isn't the only way to do that or those kind of software pieces. But I mean, they are probably some of the the hardest to get around to fake. So that's a good sign when somebody has that. That's I, helpful. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I was thinking when you were talking about the professional sports gambler thing. Mm hmm. As I've learned more, and, and you have more experiences than this one, with this than I do, but people saying that they're professional sports gamblers, it gets difficult not just to make the picks, but to get enough money down, right? I mean, with most of these sports books, if you're betting enough that you could make a living off of it and you're good at it, they're going to limit you and you're not even going to be able to get the money down 
to do it anyway. Right. So if someone says they're making this huge salary, I mean, I know there are ways around it, but they're pretty elaborate. So it is a big red flag. Uh, and another thing related to that that I thought when I was thinking about how I how I tend to look at people that I find on Twitter now is if somebody's a good capper, they're probably relatively humble. Now that doesn't mean they don't ever get excited about their wins or something like that, but nobody's been doing this very long without going through stretches where they lose a lot. Right. And so anyone who's a actual good capper is going to be able to, to say, Hey, this is a great hot streak, but remember sometimes there'll be cold streaks or, I see a lot of people who I trust now who regularly put posts on Twitter about bankroll management. Uh, one of the guys I really enjoy following here recently, I mean, he's had a great run in the NBA. I think he was 28 and 14 for a stretch, mm -hmm. you know, really up. And then he posted a play he really liked. But with it, he said, remember, there are no locks. Yes, it's been hot, but bet responsibly because this isn't a sure winner. Right, <laughs> I know so, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah so, so I just think you, with people who are legit, you get stuff like that. That's exactly right. You know, another thing about the pro sports better is they don't give away their picks. They don't sell them either. They play them because they don't want anyone to touch their line. And it happens so fast for these guys that even if they wanted to give out that play, they don't have enough time to do it because, you know, they're sitting in front of their Don Best screens or they have their employees doing it. And most pro sports gamblers that I know have a team surrounding them. Yep. They're not too many lone wolves. I mean, if you really want to learn about that life, Billy Walters, who's a legendary sports better, I think he's retired, but I'm not always sure. And I don't think he'll ever tell us now. <laughs> He did an interview with Brett Musburger, and and it's at VSIN, and you can watch it. I think you can watch it on YouTube also, but it's very enlightening because there's very few true sports better pro professionals. A lot of times what you'll see, too, is when these pro sports betters at make posts, look who likes their posts. A lot of times it'll be sports book directors because they're friendly. They don't have an adversarial role with sports books, they love sports books. They love sports books directors. Their their complaint comes from being limited, like you correctly mentioned. And if you don't have enough outs to get it done, you're not going to have it. And if you're complaining that you don't have the money, like some of the rich guy sports betters, then you're probably not a sports better, not a pro. They right. have so many outs. I mean, if you just go back and listen to our archives, Tony C, Fats. Uh, others talk about these very same things, these issues, uh, getting bets down, you know, spanky. On Twitter, he says there's a big difference between getting the number and getting getting a sports bet actually down. That's right. Billy Walters was one of the best ever at it because he had so many outs. First of all, he's a gentleman. Second of all, he had a big team, a big team, and they were running all day. You know, trying to get down. These guys, I don't see how they have time with all the time they spend bragging about their wins on Twitter. Putting in whale whale emojis and lock emojis. Uh, yeah, that's another red flag if they're using all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Anybody yeah. who calls something to lock, you can be pretty sure it's not. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't mind people using terms whale plays because back in the old days, they used to call a whale somebody who was a sharp sports better. 
That's yeah. right. You've so, talked about that. Yeah. So you know what? I don't mind that so much. I get it. Hey, we're going all in. It's called a whale play. I get it. But you know what? And I don't have any problem with that because a lot of those guys are transparent. But that's the secret is how transparent are you? I'm not talking about chicken scratches on a website. I'm talking about a third party independent who is verifying your picks for you, whoever that may be, and a way where you can access what a player did. Betstamp is the best at it because you can go into the history and look at every single pick you, the handicapper has made. Yeah. I mean, that is the best. And I mean, it's it's the only way for people to not be able to manipulate you over time. I will say this is a very small number, but there's two or three people that I follow on Twitter who I've followed for a very long time now. Mm-hmm. And every day I see them post their card. And then every day I see them post a copy of their card with, you know, check marks or whatever to indicate what they won and what they lost and where they're at overall on the day. Now, obviously, you could do that for months and then start not recapping everything and you could manipulate people. Mm-hmm. But I think I think if it's a small number of people, you can find people who are very rigorous about posting their wins and losses every single day. Um, so there are a few people I trust on yes. Twitter because I've seen them do that over a long period of time. Well, there you go. A long period of time. Now, I talked about these in my books. And one of the things I say is when you're following somebody, you need to tail the or track these people for at least 30 days. Yep. I do that to vet guests on the show that I don't know personally. And I follow a lot of guys. I have a notebook full of handicappers, just full of them. And most of them are full of it. Yeah. And and that's okay too. But the most important thing is is what you just said, is that do they own their losses? Do they do that? My timeline's littered with losses, sadly. But uh, at the end of the day, it's something that you have to do because your customers deserve that. They deserve that. Your, the, your followers deserve that. I'm not talking about the ones who follow you only for the free picks. I mean, you know what? If you're a guy like that, then you probably deserve to lose your money. <laughs> but 30 days minimum and follow them. Find out what they're doing. Go find their website if they have one or go watch their YouTube videos or watch their listen to their podcasts if they have. I get real leery of folks who don't have any of those things and just have an anonymous Twitter account. Yeah, and just post pics here and there. Yeah, I agree. That's so so again, and this is not to disparage anyone. I personally don't care what these people do. I don't have anything to do with them. I don't tail their picks. I don't track their, well, I track their picks if I'm interested in bringing them on my show. Otherwise, I don't really care. But if you are following somebody for that express purpose of winning, good luck. The best guys don't give anything away for free. That's the first thing. Second thing, you have to make sure that you follow them long enough. I say 30 days, that's minimum. So that you can track and see hot streaks, cold streaks. Because if they're honest, they're going to have a hard time keeping that winning streak alive. And, you know, you want to be able to see, okay, Johnny Blue has won four straight days and he's lost seven. So maybe the eighth day is the day he goes and wins again. 
And a lot of times these things are, you can actually find patterns in people. Some guys are streaky, real streaky. They'll roll off 20 straight wins and then they'll lose 10 times. But you'll only know that if you track everything they do. Everything. And then go back to your account the next day or theirs and follow whoever you're following and see what it is they posted. If they didn't post the losses along with the wins, then you don't want to deal with that person. Yeah, for sure. So one of the practical things I would share if people are on Twitter and trying to use that as a tool, and I would say that's the way to look at it is don't look for the 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 silver bullet capper or something, but use it as a tool. One of the things I did is I made two lists in Twitter. One is labeled potential cappers. And when I start to see somebody who looks like they're being transparent and they have some good information, I'll put them into that list so that I can follow them more closely. And then, like you said, over 30 days or more, if they really prove themselves and they're someone I want to stay, I want to see what they're posting, then I have a list that's called trusted cappers. And I think I have six people in that list right now, maybe seven. (laughs) So it's not, you know, it's not hundreds of people, but then I'll move them into there. And there have been one or two times where I even moved someone in there and then had to move them out eventually. Uh, But I think that's a way, that's a way that I've found to curate a list of people who I think are trustworthy on Twitter. There you go. That's a good way too. And the other thing I tell people is, why do you bother with these uh, quote-unquote celebrity handicappers? Why I don't understand the, the, the attraction. You can learn from them, though. But at the end of the day, there's a big difference between someone who works for a sports book and gives out picks and say a podcast like this one, for example, that's basically bought ad space on a successful podcast. And if they're working for the sports book, and giving out picks, you, you right. probably shouldn't play those because you don't really know their motivation. And these could be very good gamblers too. You know, they could be very good sports betters, but they're getting paid very handsomely to give out picks. And I guarantee you, if I owned a sports book and my employees were giving out winners, I would have them stop that immediately. My job is to take That's your right. money. That's the sports book's job to take your money. The best sports books will give you a level playing field, meaning they will tell you before you start what your limits are. And that doesn't change based on if you win or lose. Handy, and most of those people would never be content providers. The only content they're interested in is your deposit, your wagers, and either paying you when you win or more likely than not taking your money when you lose. That's right. I, a perspective I would share on that just because mm-hmm. I've really only been pursuing this for a year, year and a half now, you know, more diligently. And when I first started getting into it, I think it's easy to get captivated by those celebrity handicappers. I remember I used to watch a show on ESPN about about betting too. And you just think, well, man, if these people are so big, they must know what they're talking about. And there's this allure because that allure is there with gambling in general of I'm going to get a bunch of winners. and But you're not thinking through it. You're not thinking about all the stuff you just mentioned about why would these people be giving out winners consistently if they're working for a sports book. Or I think sometimes if you're 
on a TV show and you have lots of media appearances and stuff, you're just pulling out of your back pocket for what you want to share about a pick on a day. You're not putting in the work that's going to allow you to be good over time actually betting. So while those aren't the best places to go look for good information that will help you to be successful, I understand when you're starting out the allure of those things because they look flashy and they look good. Well, you know, when you watch these folks too, those they do know what they're doing. You can get nuggets of, of information that they might have found. Like I said, some of these people are very successful sports bettors, but there are also personalities who are getting a guaranteed paycheck. Never forget that. Now, granted, they might be betting, but if you go to BetStamp, they have an entire media section where if you make a public pick and you're big enough to do that, BetStamp will track it. They don't trust the handicapper to do it. They do it for you. And you can go and look and see what some of these folks are doing in real life based on just what they give out in their free picks. So you have to be careful, but you can also learn from them too because, you know, they didn't get, I, I when I talk about they, I'm talking about like Kelly in Vegas. She catches a lot of crap, but let me tell you something about her. She knows what she's doing. That girl has brought, been on national TV many times before she got paid by the sports book. She's huge. She didn't get there by accident or even by her looks. And if you look at the people who respond to her, you've got Las Vegas legends responding to her. They like her. They say she knows what she's doing. Maybe she's having a cold streak, whatever. But you can learn from listening to what she's saying. Maybe don't play the pick she suggests when she's in that uh, sphere or that position. But you can learn things from these people. You really can. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think that's part of the process. If you want to be, even if you're not doing a ton of capping yourself, learning which pieces of information are actually useful is definitely a skill to cultivate. That's exactly right. And, and the other thing, too, is, you know, and this is, I'm not disparaging anybody. I mean, if they make my show nine times out of 10, it's because they're doing the right thing. Or I miss something, <laughs> that 10th person. <laughs> right. It is what it is, you know, but then I, I benefit from that too, you know, because it's an ever growing thing. But just be wise. Think about it this way Why would anyone who's that successful give you money for free? Why would they do that? Why in heaven's name would anyone give away free? plays if they're winning betters why would they do that they'd be charging you right a lot of these guys aren't charging anybody anything and i i like with you i've told you more than once you should be charging and i'm not talking about your win-loss record or if you had it's the information that you give us the information that you put out there on your podcast is solid And, and those are the kind of things that are worth paying for as opposed to the ones that just throw out picks. You've never give out a blind pick. I've never seen you do that in the time I've known you. Yeah, I definitely... In fact, if anything, I think over time I am more and more selective about the picks I make. You have to be. So, yeah. Because you've learned, right? Yep. 
And, and that's the hardest part of this business is learning. You know, Billy Walters, Alan Boston, these guys, they talk about how many times have you gone broke? Billy Walters said, I was broke 200 times. I'm paraphrasing. 200 times before I left Kentucky. Those are that because this is not an easy business. If so it, true. If it were, everyone would be doing it. How is it that possible that everyone is doing it now? It's probably not possible. So just use your heads when you do those things. And the other thing is, even if somebody gives you a free pick and they're trustworthy, and there are plenty that are, believe me, do your own work anyway. Learn. Don't just take the pick and go, wow, thanks, boss. Figure out why. Find out for yourself. Figure your own stuff out. And then match it with this handicapper. How did he get to that? Or how did she get to that? That's what I used to do when I was like 16, 17, 18. I mean, those are important things to do. You got anything else to add before I uh, we've talked some hoops? Uh, the only other thing that came to mind, just in terms of this is more on the side of how to use Twitter well, mm -hmm. is when, when I'm capping, there are lots of different factors that I look at in a game. I mean, there are data points, there are matchup issues, there are injuries, you know, all these different things, right, that I'm trying to synthesize together to figure out what the right pick is. Those few cappers that I really trust, whether it's information they put out or even sometimes a pick, and the best ones usually it's it's both, I, what I tend to do now is that's a data point to me. So if I'm already if I already like a pick and then I see one or two people I trust who also like that pick, maybe for different reasons, it's just something to go, okay, that makes me feel even stronger about it. If I'm on the fence and I see people on the other side, it's like, ah, eh, maybe that's not as strong a pick as I thought. So it's not tailing people, but it's just using those trusted people as another data point in with all the others. Absolutely. It's how I use that now. That's exactly right. You, there's plenty of great things about social media. We meet people, like-minded folks, so everyone's trying to do what they are to get better or whatever. You never know who it is. But at the end of the day, you have to also be wise. You know, you have to understand why people do what they do. It's, it's, a, it's always been a shady business. You know, when I first got to Vegas, I was 18, people really didn't say I'm a pro sports better. Because it was pretty much taboo, you know. He's mm. a gambler. That's what it really Yeah, is. right, right. Right? I mean, and it's still a stigma attached to it. But at the end of the day, these tops, the top guys, pro sports bettors, are just like pro athletes. There's an elite level, the ones who make money. And yep. then the rest, kind of just trying to figure it out, hoping they catch fire at some point, too. Right. The best follows are the are are the ones who make the cash and sometimes drop you little pearls of wisdom. You should pay attention to those guys and not mock them because they're not giving you out free picks because they'll never do that. You know, and they're not gonna bet on Gatorade and they're not gonna tell everyone how smart they are. Maybe they get a little cocky sometimes, but that's part of the nature of being a pro sports better. You got to have a little bit of hootspot, so to speak. For sure. I mean, you have to. It's just like being a pro athlete. You got to have a bit of swagger or it ain't going to happen long for you. Because yep. there are plenty of guys out there. But the bottom line is, whatever you do, do it wisely. If someone came up to your door with a bag over their head, are you going to hand them their money? Your money? Just hand over money because they asked for it? Of course you don't not. do those things. You know, you don't do those things. 
pay attention to those things and you're going to be much smarter and you're going to enjoy Twitter more as Instagram and whatever else they're using. TikTok, I guess, whatever. It sure. Is. I only use Twitter, so I don't. Yeah, people use all kinds of stuff, I suppose. And that's fine. You know what? And that's their business. But Oh, absolutely. We don't do those things here. And what we try to do is give you enough information and we'll give you some picks, too. And that's up to you to do whatever you decide to do. But we're going to make sure we tell you why. That's the other thing I don't like about some of the social media guys I've written to, you know, and I would say, hey, why do you like the Celtics today? And they can't tell you. It's a red flag. Big red flag. It means yeah. you're flipping coins. Yeah. That's what it means. But I'll tell you what, this game here, this Bucks bulls game is almost like a coin flip, right? I think so, man. Yep. I really do. I, I mean, I'm amazed. This has been my worst NBA season to date. <laughs> I mean, I've had I, I've gotten a lot better over the last four or five weeks. I think because you know I've been working with you. You've seen it. I met you on social media. That turned That's out true. really good. I mean, I met you. I sent you crap, my picks one day. You did. I, you know, and you're probably going, "Why is this guy doing that?" Just more accountability, more transparency. That's why, because that was before the bet stamp days. But anyhow, yeah. long story short, we got the Bucks. We got the Bulls. The Bucks are currently a four and a half point away favorite, and the total is two hundred and forty and a half. What are you liking about this, if anything? Well, with those lines, it is a little bit hard to like stuff. But I'll give you kind of the short version of the rundown uh, that I that I do from breaking down the game. So. Milwaukee has actually been scoring really well lately. Milwaukee always feels like an inconsistent team to me, and I think they are fairly inconsistent, but lately it's been more so on defense. In their last 10 games, they've been at 120 or better in eight out of those 10. So that is a really strong offensive trend for them in in recent times here. Their defense on the other side, like I said, it hasn't been amazing lately. They held Charlotte, Portland, and Washington down, but, man, they're giving up 120-plus to a lot of other teams, some of whom aren't even that good. They gave up 131 to Portland, just as an example. On the other side, Phil, I th you know, you probably have this, too, as you are looking at teams. There are teams that I'm positively disposed toward, and Chicago has been one of those for me this year, where anytime I see their game come up, I want to bet on their side, especially like today where you're getting points with Chicago. Mm -hmm. But if you really dive into how they've been performing lately, obviously they're still good. Don't get me wrong, but it's not as good as I thought it would be. Uh, they, they are scoring relatively well, but I think of Chicago as a team that's going to score 120 plus a lot of nights. And they really haven't been hitting that mark as much and they haven't been playing phenomenal defense either. So this is a team that I don't think is living up to their potential recently. And while Milwaukee is up and down as a team because they've been so consistently good on offense and Chicago recently has pretty, been pretty consistently bad on defense, I actually lean toward Milwaukee in this game. Um, I, I think that Milwaukee is likely to score 120 plus, which means Chicago has to do the same to keep up with them. I think this is a spot where you could look at the money line also, even potentially if there's another team you really like. I don't do a ton of parlays, but once in a while in the NBA with teams I feel pretty confident in, uh, where I feel like the spread is too big, I'll consider doing a parlay on a, a money line parlay. So I do like Milwaukee here, and I would really like the over because I think Milwaukee gets 125 plus. But with it at 240 and a half, that's just too much for me to actually bet it.
Oh my, that is. You know, um, everything that you said I liked until you said the Bucks. Okay. I have the Bulls. Okay. And the points. Now I'm going to tell you why. The Bucks don't cover. They just don't. They're one and seven against the spread in their last seven, or one and seven against the spread in their last eight games. Over the last five games, they're the leading team in the NBA in scoring, but they allow the 24th most points per game over that same five-game span. The Bulls just lost last night to Atlanta, and they wanted to win that game. You could see they did, and they're not going to be very happy about that. But back to the Bulls, you know, everything you say about the Bulls are true, too. They covered like crazy early, remember? They were like a blanket, a, a, a nice comfy blanket you lay on a couch with during a blizzard, and you're watching NBA hoops. That kind of comfy blanket. But they're three and four against the spread in their last seven. They're nineteenth in scoring over their last five games. But they're twentieth in points allowed. They're both both these teams play so fast. The Bucks, they jack up shots within fourteen seconds. That's their average on the shot clock. Fourteen seconds. And the Bulls, fourteen point four seconds. The total is a beautiful number, but that number is a bad number. I mean, going, I meant, I'm sorry, going over, looking to go over in this game, that would be your play. But yep. 240 and a half points? I don't know. I get nervous when I see two teams that don't seem to play much defense or don't seem to value that end of the floor as much. And I always want to play under, and it never works. But I have this funny idea in my head that the Bulls, and I think something's wrong with the Bulls. I really think something's going on in that locker room. I can't put my finger on it, and I haven't been able to track it down. But that being said, I don't trust the Bucks at all to cover. They just don't. And I think I'm going, to ta- I'm going with the Bulls plus four and a half in this one. And I would love to play the over in this. But I can't. You're right. 240 and a half points. That's too many. But I do have a question for you before we move to the next game, man. And that's this. What do you play that number at? What is your number for this game? Mine's 237. Yep. Mine would be. uh, (laughs) It's funny. I just said in my head, I think this game is like 122 to 116. So that would be 238. Yep. So that's what you're looking at. I wouldn't say play under, however. No. However, depending on how high this number goes, because that's awfully high right now. If it goes up another point, point and a half, you almost have to consider the under. This might turn out to be one of those defensive battles. You know, maybe some pride involved. Because you got a couple guys on both sides who can light it up, who can take care of business, but they just don't like to stop anybody, it seems. But... That's my play. I'm going with the Bucks, and you're going with the Bulls, right? I'm sorry, yeah, Bulls, I'm yeah. going with the Bulls. I was, yeah. I, I, now I feel like one of those social media handicappers. <laughs> but uh, so let me, let me just say, I'm I'm not making an official pregame play on this. I don't like anything enough to to do that. Okay, good. But what I do like here is actually to watch the total live and take either side of it. Potentially if they get out really fast and that total balloons up to two fifty something plus, 
I would like the under. And if they come out slow and it drops down to 230 or less, I would like the over. There you go. So That's not a bad play. You know what else I, I kind of sort of like in this game is the money line. I kind of feel like the Bulls are going to win this game. Great, man. I'll cheer for you. I know. You can I, rub I, it I, in tomorrow when I do the show with hey, you. I'm not I'm not I'm not playing it. So so I can absolutely just cheer for your picks to win, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. See, that's the <laughs> way we should be anyway because We should. It's, it's an us versus them. I, I, that's another thing. I I don't understand the animosity towards others. Okay, it's one thing to say, "Hey, this guy's a scammer," blah blah blah. None of us need that in our life. So, of course, we're going to talk about those things. But there's only two sides to this coin. There's the sports books, the bookies, and the rest. And we're all on the rest unless you own a sports book. That's right. So, you know, maybe be a little kinder toward each other. Maybe? I don't know. Anyway, That's- the Utah Jazz and the Pelicans. I think the guy who picked these dumb games needs to be fired or replaced. But <laughs> the Jazz and Pelicans, Utah is a four-and-a-half-point away favorite. The number is only 224 and a half. What's you like about this one? I like the Pelicans lately. I will say that I really like the way that their roster is constructed now. And there's two things in particular that I really like. The first one is having CJ McCollum do a lot of the ball handling because I think he's a threat in multiple ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, He can score, he can pass. And I think it makes their offense a lot more dynamic. The other thing I like is that they've had Jackson Hayes playing the four, which gives you an athletic big on the court because Valanchunas is a a good player, but he's not an athletic big. And so I think that makes them more versatile defending the pick and roll. I'm not saying Hayes is a great defender, but it makes them more versatile. And he's really good at running the court. One of the things that was surprising to me when I first saw this a number of days ago is the Pelicans are number eight on the season in fast break points, and they're number two in their last three out of the whole league in fast break points. Utah's number 14 defending that, and I think that, that is, Jackson Hayes is part of the reason for that because he can get out and run the floor well. And so the you know the Pelicans have been scoring really well since CJ came over. I kind of leave the first game where he came over out because he was – not all there and right. he didn't play very well but since then one 114 plus in every game over 120 and three out of the the six or seven or yeah sorry three out of the seven since then and defensively new orleans has played well in their last three and though they played sacramento and the lakers who aren't great but they held phoenix to 102 uh, they held Toronto to 90 here recently so sometimes they give up a lot of points but they're capable of playing good defense um, I just think I think they're better at multiple positions than Utah, but Utah has Mitchell. And in this particular matchup, I think having Gobert is certainly a big deal. So this is a game where it's probably it's a little close for me on the spread to actually make a pick. I lined this at Utah 116, the Pelicans 114. So the Pelicans plus two and they're plus four and a half, I think you said. I'm I'm considering that, but I do like the over here. I like what everything that you said. I, I like the Pelicans tonight. Great. I like them a lot, actually. And, and the reason I like them a lot is, is Utah is on that long, crazy road trip. They still have three more games to go. They're already on the road twice, two nights in a row. 27th they played, and then they played on Wednesday. They do have a day's rest, which is, or a couple days rest, well, a full Thursday, I guess, to hang out in New Orleans. I wonder what they'll be up to. <laughs> But uh, 
at the end of the day, CJ McCollum has made a big difference in this basketball team. CJ's a scorer, but CJ's also a point guard traditionally. He's not a shooting guard per se. He's a point guard. I remember when I did a, I used to host a podcast called The Blazers Edge. If you know anything about the Portland Trail Blazers, Blazers Edge is their huge site. Bill Simmons used to call it out on his show. That's how big that site is. They have millions of views because they have lots of fans. And when Damian Lillard got hurt, this was about three or four seasons ago maybe, C.J. McCollum stepped up as the point guard, and they were actually a little bit better with him as the point guard. There was even talk about maybe having Damian play the two. That's how good C.J. McCollum is. He's also a professional, and he's under contract, so a lot of guys would be sulking looking for a buyout. He jumped right in, right on the team bus and said, let's go. I like that. The Jazz, however, you know, they're okay. They really are okay. Three-game winning streak. They're 9-1 in their last 10 games, but they're only 6-4 and four against the spread over those last 10. The other thing that I think is interesting to me is that Utah is number three in scoring over their last five. But the Pelicans are number five in scoring. Where the Pelicans are going to get you now is on the defensive end. Over their last five games, they've allowed their second in the league in points allowed. They're starting to execute on both ends of the floor. And a lot of that has to do with McCollum. Because McCollum, now they have a real leader. A guy that those kids that play on that team probably watched play at Lehigh or watched him when he first came into the league. Maybe some of them had his his poster on their wall. And now they got a leader. And I think having a leader is important in the NBA. I also don't trust the Jazz to cover four and a half points. Plus, we don't really know who's playing for the Jazz sometimes. And that's fair, too. So I'm going to take the Pelicans plus four and a half. Based on C.J. McCollum, you take that, Trailblazers fans. I love it, man. Uh, you've got me definitely leaning that way. I'm going to think about it some more today, but I wouldn't be surprised if I end up joining you on that. And I, I am on the on the over already as well. Over 223 and a half is where I got that. Okay. And I got it recently. That's still out there. I don't. Is that the line that you said? Uh, 224 and a half now. Okay. Okay, so I, did, I got it recently here. So if people go shop around using Betstamp, by the way, you can you probably go. find that 223 and a half. So. Well, there you go. See, you don't need a big odd screen that costs a lot of money. Okay, well, you do if you're a pro sports better. And if you don't know what an odd screen is, then you're probably not a sports better. <laughs> At least not a pro. That's right. You're still betting on Gatorade. But I digress. Now we've got one more game. So you like the over and I like, the Pelicans plus four and a half. The one thing, though, that's interesting before we move on to our last game is their level of pace. Neither of these teams play very fast, but they're very efficient on the offensive end. So you can't always take pace as a way of uh, arriving at totals. And if you listen to my podcast yesterday with Clive Bixby, I gave out my secret totals formula. I only use it during the playoffs because I don't want to get banned by the sports books. But uh, that's a pretty pretty good formula. And you'll have to tune in and listen to that one. I'm going to force you to do that. Or buy my books. It's in there too. Okay. Fanboy Flash is in the house. <laughs> We've got the Knicks 
They're a six and a half point away underdog, and they take on the Phoenix Suns. Two hundred and twenty-three and a half point total. You are definitely going to go all in on the Suns tonight, aren't you? <laughs> well, I think you should tell me what you think first, because this is this is your team and your game. So you know you should you should lead this one off. I would not bet on the Knicks at gunpoint. Not this game or any other. <laughs> They're one and nine against the spread in their last ten games. One and nine. It's not good. No, it never is. They're twenty fifth in scoring over their last five and twenty fifth in points allowed. So they're they're lousy on both ends of the floor. This is where it got people in trouble with the Knicks. Didn't get me in trouble because I've been a fan for fifty three years now. This is what got him into trouble last year. Tibbs shows up right, and he's very persuasive and he's very good at getting players to buy in especially on the defensive end and if you remember last year they were covering they were winning they were holding people hardly any points scored blah 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 they were really good and they were talking about oh as soon as the game's over we go out and practice and I went forget the Knicks in the future because once they did that they burned themselves out this is what happens with all Tibbs teams they burn themselves out. The Knicks, the Knicks are on a hangover from last season. It's going to probably last two more. They don't have a go-to guy. Julius Randle's not a go-to alpha scorer. He's a number two guy. Ask the New Orleans Pelicans about him. They'll tell you, if you don't believe me. And even with Booker and Paul out, this team loses by 10 tonight. By 10. I agree with you. God Not surprisingly. You. See, so, you weren't even going to say anything. No, you, no. I you don't like you to pour said, salt in my Nick wounds. I, I don't like to pour salt in them. And you hit a lot of the big things. I mean, big picture, the Knicks are just a team you don't trust. No. They, Like you said, they don't have a guy who's going to come through. And honestly, even their guys who could come through, I, I don't get excited about hardly ever. Fournier, Randall. I mean, maybe R.J. Barrett is a little bit hopeful. But I think we're getting a great line here because Paul and Booker are out. Uh, this line would be, I think, quite a bit bigger if those guys were playing, especially Booker. But like you said, especially the Knicks defense, man. I mean, in the last 10 games on the road, 118.5 defensive rating. That's just oh, really man. terrible. They're giving up a ton of points, most of the time over 120 points. And Phoenix still plays well, even when these guys are out. I actually think that Phoenix is one of these teams. You know, we talked a lot about Memphis when John Morant went out earlier mm -hmm. this year. And it's not exactly the same because Memphis is younger. Uh, Phoenix, a couple of their pieces like Jay Crowder, a little bit more experienced. But they have really serviceable, good guys. And I think when the stars go out, the the scoring and the effort and all these things just get spread around across the whole starting unit. So you have DeAndre Ayton, who absolutely can do some work inside. You have shooters like Landry Shamit, who's a forgotten guy for the most part. But now when he gets a chance, uh, it's a guy that can shoot. Jay Crowder can shoot. Uh, Cam Johnson is a, is a really good player. Uh, had a great game in the first one without Booker and Paul mm -hmm. uh, in their last game. So I just said, like, matchup-wise... I just think even with those guys out, Phoenix has the Knicks covered pretty much everywhere. They have a ton of depth inside to go against Mitchell Robinson. They have two really good defenders in Bridges and Crowder who can uh, 
limit Randall and limit Fournier as needed. So I just don't see, even with these guys out, any place where the Knicks have an advantage. So I, for me in this game, I actually like Phoenix minus six and a half a lot. And I like the over a little bit because Phoenix actually hasn't been playing great defense lately, and the Knicks definitely haven't. So I had this game at 121-109 was my take on the score for okay. this one. I don't think that the Knicks are going to score 100 points tonight. <laughs> that That's very possible. They're playing late, too. So I'll probably, you know what? Oh, no, no, I can't. I have to get up early. I have to do a show tomorrow with you. Yeah, that's right. I have to prepare because it's a Saturday slate. It is, yeah, yeah. Because I'm an idiot. Trevor's a kind man, by the way. If you ever get a chance to know him, it'll be a pleasure for you, I'm sure. I appreciate that. But he gave me the opportunity because, you know, I I work in the industry. I'm busy. And he told me, pick a day. So I pick Saturdays because it's it's like my day off, right? And and it's the biggest slate every week. (laughs) (laughs) I did it to myself, but I'm really excited. So go ahead and tell us where they can find you. And I hope that you are following him because he is, Trevor's one of the best out there. So transparent, very kind, willing to help, willing to admit when he's wrong, just like all of us do, because we've learned. Go ahead, tell him how to follow you. Absolutely. Thanks, Phil. So best way to follow me really is if you're on Twitter to follow at NBA attack, it's just one a so NBA TTACK. And there are links in my in my bio for you to be able to check out the podcast that I do most days. And really, the podcast I do is just going through the whole NBA slate trying to give good information, you know, picks where I feel like they're good picks, but just to give some good information about every game, have Phil and a couple other great guests that come on there to help me out with that. And then I do my picks on Betstamp. You can look up Big Tasty Picks is what that's under. And uh, and so if you do want to follow my picks, that's where you can find all of those. And I hope that you do. And I hope that you finally, Trevor, start. If you want to get into the pick selling business, you're as transparent as they come and you're darn good at what you do. I thank you for being here, man. I'll see you tomorrow, right? Absolutely. It's a pleasure, Phil. Thanks for having me on again. Always a pleasure on my part, too. I love having you here. And that's going to wrap it up for today's show. We want to thank Trevor for being here. Big Tasty Sports. Find him over on Twitter at M-B-A-T-T-A-C-K. PlayUp Sportsbook presents the show, and we can't thank them enough for doing so. Head on over to PlayUp.com, sign up for an account, and find out why. PlayUp is always your best bet. And all bets made, or all picks made, I should say, on the Phil Nation Show are tracked at betstamp.app. Sign up for an account, follow me over there at Phil Nation Show, and let's see if we can't win a few bucks together. Until next time, y'all take care of yourselves, be good, and most importantly... Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you. Thanks for listening to The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. And please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page.